This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Llanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room. It is a pleasure to have you here. Uh, you mentioned uh, you're feeling a little under the weather, but I hope you, regardless of that, you're having a good day. <laughs> I'm having a good day. Just if I start coughing, I hope you'll forgive me. Absolutely. No, no worries, man. <laughs> That's the power of digital, right? <laughs> I hope your editing tools are really good. <laughs> we just try to keep it real. That's it. Yeah, man. <laughs> Cough and all. No Photoshop. That's it. <laughs> all right. Well, the Photoshop might help, but other than that, no, man. Uh, listen, what we have here with you being a guest is someone who is a successful engineer, consultant, entrepreneur, and you you have a stance on what retirement means and how we may want to look at it differently than it's normally looked at. But before we get into that, uh, it's a little tradition here on this show to ask, do you yourself come from a family of entrepreneurs or business owners? I don't. Um, my family has always been um, kind of pretty much nine to five sorts of jobs. And um, I was actually the first in my family to, to go off to college. Um, and growing up in upstate New York, it was, you know, a pretty traditional environment. Um, it was an IBM city for a long time where I grew up. And that was sort of the culture of that and uh, factory workers. And um, I, I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. So I got lucky. Wow. Okay. And uh, at what point in your journey did you really start to go into the sort of consultant entrepreneur route? Um, I was um, I was fortunate to kind of be growing up at a point where computers were just starting to make an impact, and um, started started my college thinking I was going to be a scientist, uh, studied physics and math and those kinds of things. But my love was really at programming, and it was just now, it was just starting to get going and um, happened to have found a program that gave me some really good background. Uh, that led me to um, Bell Labs, which was a dream job for me at the time. But about two years into the labs, I recognized that I really wanted to be able to um, impact people faster than I could in a corporate environment. And so I left the labs to do a startup in Southern California. And uh, that was because a couple of friends and I had uh, started building a, a business in our basement, so to speak, and recognized that at that point we were way too young and inexperienced and our chances of, of really making it work weren't any good. So uh, I decided to go work for a startup, figure out what that was all about. Did a startup on the West Coast, did a startup on the East Coast. Um, then uh, along the way, got married and had kids and decided that being an entrepreneur and being a parent didn't mix particularly well. So spent some time in Silicon Valley, uh, got really lucky with um, some jobs that uh, were in the right place at the right time. 
gave me the kind of income to uh, be able to retire early, uh, achieved my dream of retiring at 50 and realized that um, uh, retirement wasn't what I wanted, <laughs> that um, I had thoroughly enjoyed working. I had enjoyed the startups. I had enjoyed, you know, being creative and solving problems and that as much as I liked the biking and sailing and hiking and traveling, that it didn't fully meet my needs. And uh, so I've spent the last, oh shoot, it's coming up on what, 18 years now, um, figuring out what it means to do if you don't have to work. And that's, that's kind of, I guess, how I ended up on your podcast today. Oh, this is a really important topic. Um, the reason I say that is because a lot of people go into entrepreneurship as you so aptly uh, displayed here, aiming for that, for that day, they no longer have to do anything, any kind of work, right? A lot of people, whether they're entrepreneurs, business owners, and especially people who are in the employee uh, uh, department, if they don't have any other prospects, all everyone almost aims for that easy street at some point, right? Uh, put Pay my dues, strategically get out, only to find, and it, it happens, I think we had someone on here uh, who also had achieved everything that money could get them, only to find, but did nothing for them, right? And so then what do you do with that? Because if you're a large part of your identity is someone working towards this goal, and you find out that at the end of that, there's no pot of gold that fills the coffers, well, that's when identity crisis can take place. And I imagine that's not a comfortable place for people to be. And what you're doing by laying out the groundwork for how people can look at things differently, this is something we all need to hear. Well, and I, I wish I had sort of a, a silver bullet that I could share that says this is the answer. Um, what I've discovered is that you have to embrace change because if I've learned anything during my life, it's that our interests, our needs, our wants change over time. And that, you know, what, what I wanted, what I viewed as success, what was important to me at 20 is quite different than where I'm at, you know, in my 60s. And that um, there was a time where I would have probably said, you know, once I had enough money that I could go live on a beach, of course, that's what, what I would do except that I got that and I lived on the beach and it was like, okay, well, you know, after a few days of this, um, that's not all that exciting. It's not all that fulfilling. And so what I've been doing is experimenting. I've, you know, I've, <clears throat> I've started several businesses. I've been involved with a lot of different volunteer groups and every one of them fills a piece of the puzzle. Um, but I can't tell you that the puzzle is complete or that I necessarily think it ever will be. And so I really come to believe that every day you just have to ask yourself, what is it at this point makes me happy? What is it that, you know, in some way is giving back because I've come to believe that in a free society, we all have a responsibility to leave the world better than we found it. And that that means you have to, you have to kind of look around you and say, you know, can you contribute in an area that may not necessarily help you financially, but helps the world in, in some small way. 
And so where I'm at right now, which is all I can really talk about, is I, I divide my time between um, a couple of small entrepreneurial things that I'm doing um, and a lot of volunteer work because, you know, I, I can't play on a national stage or an international stage, but the little area that I, I moved into has a wonderful volunteer community. And so much of my career was involved in dealing with uh, what in high tech we refer to as transformation programs, where uh, a company or an or a project gets into trouble and you need someone who can figure out why is it why it's in trouble what direction do you need to go and then put a plan in place to to get it back on track or, or make it successful and interestingly volunteer organizations often fall into that same uh, issue where we describe it as the herding cats problem everyone comes to it with the desire to do good but they don't necessarily all agree on what good looks like or what the path forward to achieving good really is and so I've been able to bring some of those skills to bear in the volunteer space. Um, and I try to blend that with some of my entrepreneurial interests. I, much of my career involved traveling. Consulting by its nature tends to be something that puts you on the road a lot. And I just fell in love with visiting other places, learning other cultures, enjoying their foods. So along the way, I, I bought a, a travel agency. And, um, and so I, I try to also Fill the, fit that in with with my interests. Um, you know, it's it's not intended to be kind of my my full time income. It's intended to be a vehicle to get people to explore the world. Because my experience is, people who have traveled um, come back changed. They come back more interesting. They come back more thoughtful. They, they recognize that as wonderful as our country and our community is, that. There are lots of different opinions and lots of different ways to do things. And sometimes you just have to change your perspective to solve a problem. I'm rambling. So. No, no, I love it, man. When I think about what you're saying, you know, at the, at the core of it, there's a degree of you've got to take an interest in what you find interesting and find a way to spend time doing that because the very act itself is the reward. And that really is what you should be focused on as soon as possible and no sooner and no later, because if you're just chasing the money, I've got news for you. Once you have it, maybe two or three days into it, you'll realize, yeah, that wasn't it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. And uh, it's something that Jason talks about a lot uh, in general, uh, whenever we get around to spitballing and that's, you know, it's not about the money, man. There are, there are, there are things we're doing and then and, a, and, uh, sense of purpose that about what we're doing that that just are the point and not money and so it's really refreshing to hear that someone who's had a career that you have had from from the bottom to the top and i say the top when we're talking about high tech right i mean some people can only dream of doing a startup like that you know uh and being a part of a startup like that and seeing the ins and outs of that and, and you've seen the entire gamut from travel agencies. Like you said, you're like, I travel a lot. I'm like, Let me look into what a business that travels a lot does. So again, I just see you pursuing these things and then finding how they relate to a purpose greater than the self. And I can see that fulfillment when you talk about it. Look, everything I do has a purpose. I feel very empowered with my life. I, I, can, I can see it come across. And I think that's so important to see as an example 
uh, for anyone who's sitting there, maybe right now, as they're on their way to the office to talk to, talk to their team, and they're sitting there, I don't know if I can take another week of this shit, <laughs> you know? And they're sitting there like, what's going on? Well, have you ever looked at maybe pursuing things that are actually interesting to you? That's the question that we're posing here to entrepreneurs. But before I go any further, I want to let Jason chime in on some of his reflections from what you've said. I actually have a saying for this. It's called the then what syndrome, right? <laughs> right? It's the then what, right? So you, you get here and then it's like, well, that's what you thought was going to make you happy. And it's like, well, it didn't. Then what, right? So it's now you're on to the next thing. And then, well, this is going to make me happy. And then you get there and it's like, okay, that didn't do it. Then what, right? So we like go through these phases in life. We all do it. Everybody does it. I think it's a human behavior um, to go through. And we, you know, like you said, uh, Keith, going through life when you're 20, you think, oh, if I could just get there. And then you get there and it's in, well, that really didn't do it for me. So then what? Now what's next, right? And then what's next? And then what's next? And you get in your 40s and, and it's like, you know, I myself retired two or three times already myself. And, and every time I did that, it was like, well, shit, now what? You know, now what am I going to do? So now it's like the next thing, you know, and then you write books and you create magazines and you do all these things and then it's like then you get to the end of that and it's like okay now what <laughs> what's the next challenge right but i think also business owners and entrepreneurs are very wired that way though um and that's kind of the you know i don't want to say there's a defining difference in in the human spectrum of things but but there are those that think like an employee and those that think like an entrepreneur or a business owner. And sometimes they just never cross. And you know, one, yeah. of, one of my volunteer opportunities was I joined uh, the organization called SCORE. And if you're not mm. familiar, yeah. SCORE has mm -hmm. been around for over 50 years now. And it was founded recognizing that uh, having a mentor is a huge advantage if you're looking to start a business because every business needs someone to act as a sounding board or, or provide a little bit of advice. And one of the things that I discovered working with SCORE is how many people have this vision of wanting to be an entrepreneur but have never really thought in terms of what the personality is or what the sacrifice mm -hmm. is. And so an awful lot of the, the mentoring that I did was helping people come to the realization that they probably didn't really want to be an entrepreneur because they didn't want to make the sacrifices necessary to make it work. And that's, right. that was a hard lesson to learn. It's a hard lesson to learn when you're that far into it already. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> yeah. You know, th this conversation reminded me, you know, I, I know you like to, to highlight kind of lessons learned and I, Early in my career, people talked to me about networking, and I didn't really appreciate kind of what that meant or what, how important that was until I had example after example of it sort of crop up in my own career. Um, you know, the, the first time I retired, as, as you said, Jason, um, <laughs> and, I, and I thought I was done, um, I got a call from uh, a friend who said, um, would you, would you come back and help us with a problem? 
and it led to just a, a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. The more interesting of the, of the stories was I was working for a consulting firm and ended up doing a, a project in uh, Thailand. And um, while I was working in Thailand, got to be a very good friend with uh, uh, the in-country manager there. And, you know, we, we did the project. The project lasted about six months, and I thought that was the end of it. And then several years later, he called and said, well, now, now I'm in Malaysia and, you know, I've run into a similar situation. Would you be available? And, you know, it, it turned into one of these daisy chain situations where I ended up going back and doing projects in Malaysia and then the Philippines and then Singapore. And none of that would have ever happened had I not sort of developed the network and kept in contact with people. And, you know, I guess in the simplest form, made friends with the people that I was working with along the way and let them know that, you know, I, I still wanted to stay in touch with them and, and they felt the same way. And that just opened door after door throughout my career. And so I know there's lots of books and techniques, but I think a lot of people don't understand what's the real value in networking. Often you don't know until years later what the value of networking is. Mm -hmm. Your network is your net worth. That's a true statement. Might be overused, but it's absolutely true. <laughs> and it's For just sure. like you said, there's books, there's techniques, <clears throat> and then there's genuine interest in other people, <laughs> you know, like at a, at a basic level. And uh, if you're in business, something we were talking about a lot today is the idea of no business is an island in itself, right? Uh, there's just such an such a web of interconnectedness between entities, individuals, aspirations, ambitions, possibilities. You have to take an interest in others. It, I think it was the seven habits of highly effective people when I first came across the idea of interdependence as opposed to independence being the pinnacle of human excellence. And uh, I think what you're speaking about really touches on that. And I'm glad that you took the time to highlight that. It's not often somebody uh, specifically goes out of their way to make sure people understand the value of something that you're trying to get across. And uh, for me, it means a lot that you did that, you did that because there could be someone here who's either younger uh, or maybe even currently right now in a situation where they don't have much hope for what they're doing and what's going on. And they haven't even made it to the uh, I finally got the money part, right? They're still struggling. Well, here's how you can look at things because no effort is wasted if you're genuinely interested in people that you've worked with so far. And I, and I just want to reiterate that. So with that said, uh, I hope you don't mind us taking a second to talk about somebody that uh, has, uh, as you know, this show is supported by business owners, uh, entrepreneurs that actually listen to it, which is why we go out of our way to control quality of people that we bring on as guests, but also why we go out of our way to make sure that it's insightful every conversation that we have. And so because of that, uh, we also have the opportunity to have supporters who go out of their way to make sure that episodes like this are possible. And one of those people here is uh, Stephanie Emmett, who works with solopreneurs that might spend countless ungodly hours trying to figure out marketing by themselves, you know, from, Oh, I don't know what I should be doing to I get engagement on my post, but there's no sales and email doesn't even work anymore. What am I doing this for? And for anyone that has that kind of record playing in their head, 
the startups to six figures mentorship is the solution that Stephanie can help you with. And in those mentorship sessions, you'll be given simple, clear, exact steps that are needed. And you won't feel frozen with analysis paralysis about what's going on with impossible to-do lists. All you have to do is go to the rightstephanie.com and that's W-R-I-T-E the right stephanie.com you can enter the promo code she was kind enough to generate called war room that's w-a-r-r-o-o-m for a 10 percent discount as soon as you start working with her uh, with that said coming back to the episode keith it's not often we get a chance to talk to somebody that has the span of career that you've had right and even greater it's fun to hear both you and Jason talk about how you're recovering retirees, right? It's, <laughs> I, uh, I often talk to myself about the idea of maybe one day getting there, but the more I listen to my senpais, as the Japanese would say, right, I begin to realize that I need to start looking now at how much the things I do matter, the activities I take place uh, and part of every day. And what a great reminder, as you said earlier, before we went to to the sponsor break, which was like the people you work with, pay attention and network. So now I want to roll out the red carpet and allow you to sort of talk about what you're doing now and uh, how people can get involved and what they should know about what you're doing. So I'll start with the last part of your question, how people will get involved. Um, I guess I'm at a point in my life where I'd rather just have one-on-one conversations and so the easiest way for people to get involved is contact me through LinkedIn and, you know, explain, you know, what it is that you're looking for. And we'll have a one-on-one conversation. And if there's a, if there's a good fit, then we'll figure out together how to, how to make that happen. And, and the reason I, I do it that way is because what I'm doing now is less about trying to build a brand or build a, a new empire than continue to, you know, serve my interests. Um, and so when I say, you know, I, I bought a travel business, I bought a travel business because I love to travel and I think it's good for others, not because I want it to be, you know, the next Expedia. Um, I, I, I own some commercial real estate because um, I happen to have my daughter running a business out of one of the properties, um, not because I want to build an empire, but because it, it serves an immediate need. Um, I'm doing some freelance consulting, mostly with friends because they needed some help and I had some background that could help them. And what I will be doing tomorrow or next week or next year will, to a large extent, depend on what opportunities present themselves. That, to me, is the really differentiating thing between having to work and wanting to work is that. You know, if you have a family or if you have, you know, a house payment or something that you have to support, um, you have to find a job that's going to provide for that on an ongoing basis. If you've got all that covered, you have the flexibility to pick and choose what you what you work on. And I've been fortunate to be in that position for a while now. And so not that I'm planning to give up any of the things that I'm currently doing, but I expect I'll continue to add things. And if someone comes along with a unique idea or an opportunity or just want help getting something off the ground, um, I may go off in that direction for a while. So that's that's the best answer I can give you right now. It's the continent yeah. entrepreneur. Yeah, right. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. That's, that's exactly what it is, man. And uh, having 
if someone is a good match, having the uh, countless years of experience and insight that you've cleaned from them is going to be invaluable. So I, like you said, I connect on LinkedIn, I believe uh, I can look up uh, Keith Walter, right? Yeah. I, I don't know that there are a lot of people who look like me and name Keith Walter on LinkedIn. So I think, <laughs> I think they'll find me if they want to. Right on. Yeah, no. Um, if I can circle back, uh, you know, something you were talking about earlier with networking reminded me of a story that I was very impactful kind of mid-career. I was working for uh, a high-tech company in Silicon Valley. And if, if people have never worked in Silicon Valley, it, you know, I've grown up on the two coasts, although I did live in the, several other places along the way. And the coasts are are often characterized as having these really intense um, type A personality driven cultures. And there's a lot of truth to that. And uh, this company had a, had a project where they had a problem and their solution was to take a whole bunch of people that they considered to be really smart and driven and put them together and say, go solve the problem. And after several weeks, we were no closer to having solved the problem than when we'd started. And so they were smart enough to recognize that, you know, the, the plan wasn't working and they actually brought in a psychologist and locked us all away off site for a few days. And the effort was to essentially say, why wasn't this group of really bright people solving the problem? And to make a very long story short, it was because we were all competing to be the winner. And this fellow who I, you know, I wish I could remember his name to, to give him credit had the insight to be able to bring us together and to recognize that, you know, if, if everyone was trying to win, the only result we were achieving is that we were all losing and that we had been brought together, not because we, we were necessarily, you know, the smartest at everything. We were the smartest at something and that we had to work together as a team in order to really solve the problem at hand. And the fact that he was able to break through and get us to recognize that by working together, um, we could achieve far more than we could individually um, was one of those lasting insights that I still try and carry with me in any of the work that I do today that to your point earlier, um, no business is an island. We're all interdependent and you don't have to be the best at everything. You just have to be good at surrounding yourself with people who make you stronger, make you better. And if you can do that, there's, there's virtually nothing you can't tackle. Man. Amen. It needed, yeah, it needed to be said. <laughs> it needed to be said. I can think back to any time I ever tried to accomplish anything with a group of friends. And somehow, regardless of how intelligent and bright we were, it never worked out. And I suspected it had something to do with everybody wanting to be the star. Is another way of putting that. <laughs> and uh, eventually, you know, we all parted ways, unfortunately. But uh I understood that. And I'm so glad that you shared that because that alone, any business owner needs to hear that and take that into their operation today, today, just get your team on that same page because nobody wins if everybody's losing. Right. And if everybody's trying to win, then everybody's losing. Uh, so with that said, you know, I usually ask, you know, what kind of advice would you give to your younger self? But <laughs> I don't know anything more valuable than what you just said for a younger <laughs> self. Truly. Um, so what I want to do is uh, I want to check in with Jason uh, to see if he's got anything he wants to talk about and reflect uh, upon this episode before we get to the grand finale of it all. Yeah, it's interesting just going back to 
you know, looking through one's life and because every day, none of us are getting younger, right? So we, we look throughout our life and the worst thing we can possibly do because of those then what along the way, the worst thing we can possibly do is go, man, I wish I would have done it all different, right? So the beauty behind it is there might've been then what, but always look at the good side of it all and don't have any regrets because life isn't perfect, right? Life isn't perfect. We're going to have failed business opportunities. You know, not everything is going to be, you know, this, this perfect Hollywood story, right? Those are few and far in between. I, I really hope everybody grabbed the essence of what you said, um, because what you said is important and it's implementable today. And if people look at all those things that you just dropped on this conversation, it is truly some of the key points in success of business and not just business, life, life in itself. So thank you for, for bringing that to the table today, that kind of energy. Yeah. If there's time, I guess, yeah. To, to maybe play that back in in slightly different way. I've learned that you know distractions are going to hit you every day. Setbacks mm-hmm. are going to hit you on every project. And if you don't have a clear understanding of where you're trying to go, what success looks like, and if you can't keep that you know front and center, then you're unlikely to ever achieve it because there's too many things that are going to derail you along the way. And I think it's Particularly, we, we live in a time where we're constantly interrupted. There's, there's information coming at us from every direction, and every problem seems to be the most urgent problem. And trying to keep front and center what's, what's critical long term and figuring out a way to move forward in that direction every day, I really think sets apart the people who, who finish projects versus the people who have to create excuses for why it didn't get done. Oh, man, everyone right now is turning tongue in cheek, looking the other way, because everyone (laughs) has something that all they have are reasons why it didn't get done. Uh, And that's because uh, they believe in multiple priorities uh, as opposed to priority, (laughs) which is uh, singular in a sense. And uh, one thing doesn't necessarily prove itself more important than the other. If you've got multiples that all have equal importance, it's impossible to say that's true, but yet every day in business, that's exactly what happens. And I'm glad that you bring that up because a lot of what you've been sharing really are, as Jason was saying, the fundamentals to being able to unlock that sense of purpose. Cause if you get that out of the way, if you have a clarity of what the most important thing is and why it's important, right? Uh, if you can also see for yourself, the people that, you know, you're actually interested in seeing them doing well and want to know how their journey is coming along. And who knows, you might even be able to do things together. If you combine those with, uh, with a sense of going, Hey, look, at the end of the day, I know that the work I'm doing is impacting people and, there's a reason why I'm up every day. There's a reason why I'm doing this and it's not money because yeah, we all need it. But Lord knows the, if you operate under that assumption and only that assumption, and that's why you do everything when it's gone, what are you going to do? Nothing. Right. So you have to lean on something that matters more. And I think all of this 
is important to just circle back and summarize and encapsulate so that someone walks away from this episode recharged, uh, reinvigorated, and to double, triple down on anything they were doing if they were already doing all this. And for anyone who wasn't, it's time to take that step. And even if you got to take a weekend to take stock, because the weekend is here, it's coming up, baby, and you've got the time to do it. So you better do it. Uh, so Keith, with all that said, uh, the million dollar question on this show is if you could have invited anybody to this show today, uh, dead or alive, your pick of the litter, who would you have invited here and why them? Um, for me, that's easy. It would be uh, Leonardo da Vinci because throughout my career, the advice that I most consistently got was that you had to specialize. You had to become an expert in something because that's what would be rewarded. And da Vinci to me is the epitome of the Renaissance man, the individual who you can't pigeonhole. Um, his, his art is certainly well known, but his, his work on sort of everything from drawings for helicopters to military equipment to, you know, anatomy. Um, he was never, he, his curiosity was never satisfied. And he found a way to apply his expertise from one area to the next. And I guess if I look back, certainly I, I don't have his skill or talent, but I've tried to apply his principle of learning something in one area. It doesn't need to be compartmentalized. I can use what I've learned on one project or one part of my life in another. And, I find that remarkable, but, you know, what he was able to achieve in his time. Absolutely. Uh, it's something that people are, who have way more tools and more and more resources at their disposal, and yet they don't even remotely come close to that. And it could partly be to the level of distraction you were talking about that people are so uh, welcoming uh, to in their lives. And it's funny, I think it was... Uh, one of the Stoics, it might have been Marcus Aurelius, that said, it's funny, we'd, we're, we're very protective over a dollar in our pocket when it comes to someone who's asking for some change on the street. But if somebody asks us for a complete hour or two of our time that may not be relevant to what we're doing, look at how wasteful we are. We're like, yeah, well, you know, it's just a couple of hours. You know, what am I going to do? And yet money, you can get back, but time, you can't. And that's something that Jason is always reminding us of on this show. So I think it's important that you brought up what you did and how you did with, uh, with Da Vinci. I'm a big fan myself. Uh, with that said, I'm going to let Jason close this out as is tradition here. Yeah. Keith, thank you for, this has been a wonderful episode for the audience. And if, if you got nothing out of that, you were just sleeping for 40 minutes. Holy crap um for sure you literally fell asleep and if you were driving well you probably ran into a wall by now um wake up and rewind and start over again so but thank you keith for being here thank you for taking the time you know because i'm a big time guy thank you for taking the time to spend a little sliver of your week here with us um that's really important and to impart the wisdom that you did on our audience can't thank you enough for that. Thank you for the opportunity to, to be on your show today. Awesome. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. 
please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.